welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. You know, every week, I love talking with you about fatherhood. I love bringing you guests that allow you to be able to learn, to grow, to think about your own experience, but also think about the experiences that my guests are bringing to you too, because every father has a different story. Every father is fathering in a different way. And that's the great thing about fatherhood. There's no right way to father. There's no manual for us to to truly follow, but we can learn from each other. And that's why it's important. It's important to listen to the stories, talk to other dads, not bottle up and, and try to go it alone because there, there's no reason to go it alone. And, and that's why it's so important that I'm able to bring you these guys to talk to you every week because I want you to be able to listen, to learn, and to be able to be the best dads that you can be. And today we got another great dad that's going to be joining us today. David Mendonca is with us today. He is doing some amazing stuff to be able to help dads. He's got a foundation called the Show Up Dad Foundation. He's also a podcaster. He works with dads in so many different ways. We're going to talk about that. But as always, we always start off talking about kids and life too. But first and foremost, David, thanks so much for being here today. Once again, thank you for having me on here. It's a tremendous blessing and an honor to be on your platform to share what I know. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's my pleasure having you here. And I'm looking forward to learning from you and, and hearing more of your story and about the foundation. But, but as I said, first and foremost, we got to talk about kids. We got to talk about your daughter. And I know you've got a 15 year old daughter. You're in the midst of those teenage years, like I am with my, my daughters. And I guess first and foremost, let's turn the clock back in time. I want to turn it all the way back to that first moment, that first moment when you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter, what was going through your head? <laughs> to be quite honest with you, I was super terrified when they told me that I was going to be a father, not not just the father to a daughter, because we didn't know the actual sex yet. All kinds of things rushed into my head. Uh, you know, do I need to get a better job? Where are we going to live? What did my parents do? And it's, it's weird because when you're in that moment, you always revert back to, okay, how did my parents do it? And that's not necessarily right. You know what I mean? Because what I learned in my life is that that was their life. That's the way they did it. Our goal is to learn from that, learn from their mistakes, take the good with the bad, and develop our own life. And for me, I started going back to what was what was natural to me, which was the tendencies that I learned in my own family. And later on, I'll, I'll talk about that. That was kind of detrimental. You know, I started doing a lot of bad things were unnecessary. You know what I mean? It could have saved me a, a lot of heartache later on in life. But going back to what you asked, yeah, once I found out it was it was a little girl, I just was super terrified. I have two older sisters that are twins and our household was pretty rough. The way I grew up, the woman was kind of looked at as not a second rate human being, I should say, but I grew up in a in a home where it was ranching. Okay, a lot of ranching. So if you're not a male, you didn't really have a place or a say so. So I was super terrified because I didn't want to bring my daughter into that, that type of environment. You know what I mean? Especially knowing that this is mine. This is my daughter. So I was scared. 
I, I got to be honest with you. I was super scared. So you've had your daughter now in your life for 15 years, 15 plus years, we'll say. And as your daughter has gotten older, as you've been raising your daughter, what would you say has been your biggest fear in raising your daughter in, in society today? My biggest fear is that I'm going to be too critical with her and I'm going to push her away. Right now, I see the importance of capturing her heart you know, and in the past, I, I didn't do that great of a job. Uh, just my background, I was a journeyman lineman. I traveled around the country. I would go on these storm restorations to restore power. And I, I left my daughter with my wife for a good seven years. So in those early years of development, I wasn't really around. So my biggest fear is that all that absence that I had there, it was going to create this void in her. And then she was going to start looking for what was missing in other boys. And that was my fear. So it was a good thing to have that fear because it produced me stepping up to the plate and rebuilding those bridges that I had lost in the past to, to make up that time. So it was a good thing and a bad thing, I guess, if that makes sense. I think it makes perfect sense. And, you know, I think that, as you said, I think going into, at least in my own experience, I found that being a father to a daughter, it it is hard. I can't say what it's like to raise a son because I have two daughters myself. But but for me, not being a woman, you know, I have to educate myself more and, and rely more on my significant other to be able to help me to better understand not only the way that women think, but also the way that girls are raised and how and, and really have to try to understand and empathize and try to relate in a different way to them that I'm sure that I would have to if I was relating to a son. And for me, that was some of the fear because I just the, the fear of the unknown. And that becomes some of the hard parts of, of being able to really just immerse yourself in trying to understand that difference. What would you say has been the hardest part for you in raising a daughter? I think the hardest part for me was the empathy part that you just talked about. I wasn't raised with a lot of empathy. I was raised in a very harsh home to where you got the job done. The job was the mission. You know, whether it be the ranching life or going to the military or whatever, you know what I mean? It was always about the mission first. And for me, that was hard because how do you tone that down with daughters? How do you tone that down with your wife? And then just, you know, I always go back to this in our foundation. We talk about our, our family of origin, right? How you saw in your family, your father relate with your mother is how you're going to relate with your spouse and how you're going to treat women, okay? So I'm not knocking on my father. My father did what he knew, what he was shown, okay? But that played a big influence in the way I treated my spouse and even how I treated my, da my daughter. I was being super critical with her. I didn't want her to fail, so I projected my fears on her. So that was the hardest part for me is stopping that, realizing that, making that correlation between what I saw when I was being raised and making the appropriate steps to change that. That way my daughter can grow up to be a healthy, successful in, uh, individual. You know, we're trying to raise children or our teens to be independent adults, not obedient children into adulthood. Yeah, I want to delve a little deeper into that because, you know, this is the second time now you've talked about the challenging, I'm going to say childhood, your upbringing that you had. And in talking to other dads that have had similar situations or similar, 
I'm going to say tougher childhoods. I'm not going to say it's the same situation because I can't say that I know exactly your situation. But in in just in what you said, there seems to be patterns. There seems to be things that you had to overcome to be able to be the dad that you wanted to be, to set aside some of the, I'm going to say the demons, but also the the things that you were raised with to be able to be that dad. Talk to me about that. To be able to be the father that you wanted for your children, what did you have to set aside and what did you have to do differently to be able to change the the discourse, change the way in which you were doing things? Hmm. Well, that started off in uh, 2018, to be quite honest. I'm going to take you there. And what had happened is I had been on the road for three years. Okay. I'd been working out in Texas. During that time, my wife was training for a marathon. She was living in New Mexico on our farm. She had our three children and she was getting ready to, to, to do a marathon. She was training, she was running and stuff like that. Well, she got bit by a tick and she kind of brushed it off like, oh, okay, a tick, whatever. Well, come to find out she had gotten Lyme disease. She kept pleading with me while I was out in Texas. Hey, something's wrong. You need to come home. I'm not feeling good. My joints are hurting. I can't turn my neck. I'm, I'm feeling really weak and sick. And during that time, I couldn't see a way to come home. I was like, man, I'm making great money. I'm a foreman out here. I got my crew. Everybody's dialed in. Hey, what do you want? You know, I'm, I'm, this is the closest I'm going to be to home where I'm making this much money. Unless you want me to go to California, you know, and, sh- you know, I just kind of could see a path to come home. So fast forward to, she got bit in November, October timeframe. So we fast forward to Christmas Eve. She got really, really sick. She couldn't feel her, her feet. Um, she had no feeling from her waist down. We're at my sister's house and my mom looked at me and she's like, you know what? Take her to the emergency room. What's wrong with you? You know, and I'm like, oh, she'll be okay. She'll be okay. And they're like, no, take her to the emergency room. So we went to the emergency room. They couldn't find anything wrong with her. The nurse basically told us, you know, we did all the tests we can. We we can't find anything. Her heart's okay. Go ahead and take her home. That way you can spend time with your kids. So we did. We opened up presents. Christmas Day came around and my wife's cooking Christmas dinner. I'm I'm playing with the kids. I already had them showered and everything like that. They're getting ready to go to bed. We're watching a movie. And my wife's like, I'm going to go to the back room. I don't feel good. She comes back frantic. She's like, something's wrong. I got to go to the emergency room. So I was like, oh, let me let me figure out. We lived in the country and I, I didn't know where to do with the kids. They were already showered and stuff like that. And I was like, let me see who I can call because we didn't have any family around us. And she's like, no, I'm just going to go. By the time you find somebody, I got to go. I was like, okay, well, call me. And the reason why I chose to not take the kids with us and stuff like that is because when that, that, that's when that H1N1 virus is going around and the hospitals were really filled with people that were getting really sick. So they told us not to, to bring any children or anybody who had a low immune system to the hospital. So she went by herself. She checked in. Everything was going good around 10 o'clock that night. And then I get a call at like three in the morning by the nurse saying that your wife's heart stopped and they're trying to resuscitate her. Can you imagine, Chris, how I felt while I was laying there in that bed with my kids? Talk about helpless. Yeah. I mean, here, I'm a fully capable man. I'm a journeyman lineman by trade. I know how to solve problems. That's what I do. You know, I'm not afraid of hard work. And here I am 
feeling like a completely helpless bum, not being able to help my wife, not even being by her side while the life is drawing out of her. And I remember pleading to God that night, why her? Don't take her. Don't take her. What am I going to do? I have these three kids. What am I going to do? How am I going to work? And all these thoughts came to my mind and she came home a couple days later and that's what started this process that we're talking about. I started seeing how my kids were afraid of me. I started seeing how they walked on eggshells. I started seeing how I was a bad dad. They were not used to me being home. They were afraid if I if I spoke loud. I mean, I, I can't really hear anyways because I'm always around loud equipment. So when I want somebody to hear me, I, I, I raise my voice. Okay, Not that I'm angry or anything like that, but they weren't used to that. And then when I would get into lineman mode that my wife would call it, I would start lining stuff out. Okay, you do this, you do this, you do this, no wasted moves. Come on, let's go. We got this plan. We got. I took all the fun out of everything because I, I saw the mission. I didn't see that these were my children and I needed to teach them. So that's when God started doing this work inside of me. And I say God because no one else could have told me I was doing wrong. And when you have someone who you love and cherish almost taken away from you, that's when you start delving into spirituality. That's when you start delving into Lord. <laughs> you know, you start pleading with him. You know what I mean? We don't know what's going on with her. And uh, that started the whole process of us, me being home. Okay. I couldn't go to work. I lost my job, the career that I had because I couldn't go back to work because my wife couldn't get out of bed. The doctors at that point didn't even know what was plaguing her at all. And just so happened that she started getting this thought in her head and it came from no, I don't even know where it came from. Honestly, I say God, our listeners here would probably be like, oh, that's coincidence or whatever. But needless to say, she heard this voice in her head, just like a, not an audible voice, but just a thought, Lime. Lime, Lime, because the doctors at that point had already told us that they didn't know what was wrong with her. And she told the doctor, she's like, man, can you test me for Lyme? The doctor is like, why not? We've tested you for everything else. We'll test you. So they tested her and that Monday morning, seven o'clock on the dot, they called us, the CDC called us and we're like, man, your wife tested positive for Lyme. We need you to come in here and she needs to take more tests. We need to start a rapid protocol on her. So that started the whole entire journey of her trying to get her health back. We're still not out of the woods with that. But in that process that God took us through, I started making that transition to be a better husband, to be a better father, and to really just make up for that time that I had lost. Because no amount of money you make is ever going to get back time. You know, so true. And I think that so many men that I've talked to in the past, it's so ingrained in our head, the the concept of being the breadwinner, being the person you got to go, you got to bring in the money, you got to do this. And it, this one-sided view of masculinity, and there's so many other facets to life that we have to keep in mind to be able to be that well-rounded individual, the well-rounded man, but also to be a, a well-rounded father that can be there, provide for our kids, but also be the heart of a family, be the empathetic heart of a family, be the, the guy that's going to be able to be there and be present. And I know not every guy can do that. Not every person can do that, but you have to do it in your own way. Otherwise, you're not going to make those connections with your kids. And I appreciate you sharing that. Mm, absolutely. And, and just to touch note on what you said, not everybody can be there all the time. 
And that's what we preach at our foundation. You know, we know you got to go to work. We know you have some people work 24 hours straight. But the goal is to make the most of your time, to be intentional with your time. Okay, when you're at home, be at home. Don't be on your phone. Spend that time with your kids and you'll be amazed at how that helps your children grow and develop. So let's talk about that foundation because from 2018 to now, there's still been more changes because you've gone beyond the mentality of where you were and the way that you were fathering, the way that you were, I'm, I'm sure the way that you were a husband, mm-hmm. the way that you were present and you've changed and started moving in a completely different direction. And you've now, in the past few years here, you've started a foundation, mm-hmm. uh, much like the Fathering Together Foundation, another 501c3, where you're working to the Show Up Dad Foundation. I talked about the Show Up Dad podcast that you're doing, but, but talk to me about this, this movement from 2018 to now to develop the Show Up Dad Foundation. What was it that dis- made you decide to develop this foundation and work with others to start a new movement? Well, our whole story, sometimes... The story I just shared with you, I've always heard it been told that sometimes your mess is your message, right? And I'm a firm believer of learning from other people's mistakes. So that's where this whole idea spawned. I created this ministry that encourages dads to become more than just a paycheck, like we talked about earlier. I mean, that's our slogan, be more than just a paycheck, you know, and this all spawned from that 15-year career as a blue-collar journeyman lineman. And I just started embarking on that biblical fatherhood ministry projects where I started appearing on television, radio, web outlets, podcasts, speaking at rallies and safety meetings, and just other different conservative platforms just to let fathers know that, hey, man, there is a different way to do it. You are much needed in your home. And that's where this whole thing just spawned from. Just encouraging fathers and to help them recognize that that importance, that purpose to be gainfully employed, but also the importance to establish that inner man purpose. And let me go deeper on that. That inner man purpose is to hone that irreplaceable role as a father to your child or children to see that your purpose is more than just provision or financial to be that protector, to be that father who is a mentor. And that's where this whole idea came from. It's been blowing up. It's much needed right now more than ever. And it's just been a true blessing to be able to spearhead this thing. So as a foundation, where are you at right now? And where are you going? Right now, we are small. And what we're trying to do is grow into where we're everywhere as far as in every city. We want to go into every city and have different chapters with the Show Up Dad. Show Up Dad East Coast, Show Up Dad West Coast, and just continue to grow like that, bring in this awareness. I think more than ever right now, more fathers are realizing that, hey, my role is just as important as the mother's role. You know, I mean, it's crazy to see that. I, I talk to so many different fathers right now, and they all say the same thing. They all tell me, hey, man. I didn't realize that I was that important to my child's development. I didn't realize I was that important to my child's life, in in my child's life. So that's what we'd like to see. We'd like to get into every city, bring this foundation forward, and just continue to grow and let God take it where he wants to take it. I mean, that's how he got us here in the first place. I'm really impressed with what you what you built so far. I understand what it's like to try to take a dream and take a passion and and take that passion and turn it into something tangible so that you can you can kind of move 
in a different direction. Talk to me a little bit about what this has done for you and your kids and being able to redefine the relationship that you have with your kids. And and I guess beyond that, talk to me about the steps in between. What did you have to do? Because you said that your kids were scared of you. And between 2018 and now, I'm sure you've had to take some big steps to be able to rebuild that relationship to where you are today. I think one of the biggest impacts that I've seen in our, in our, in our lives and in the major change was learning how to empathize and empathy and showing that empathy is being able to put myself in my children's shoes. Once I started to see that and see where they're coming from and started to recognize the why behind the way they're acting. Cause you know, we have these children and you know, sometimes they act out, you know, now I understand that our children are going to get our attention, whether they're three-year-olds throwing a tantrum at the house or in a grocery store, or they're 21 years old and the cops are calling you, Hey, telling them to come pick them up. They're going to get your attention one way or another. So I started empathizing with them, putting myself into their shoes and starting to see and ask them those, those, those questions that fathers don't ask. Well, okay, what can I help you with? And another thing too that I learned is giving them choices. It's one thing to say, this is all you're going to get because I, I, I totally believe in, in discipline, right? But instead of coming at them so, super harshly and, and telling our children, hey, this is all you're going to get. How about giving them choices? How about saying, okay, you could have this, this, or this. Pick one. That's it. And I've seen that that has made wonders in, with my children, especially my boys. Now, with my daughter, I have to have that relationship with her first before I even do anything like that. They're, they're completely different, like you probably know. I had to really show her that I cared about her. I had to show her that I accepted her, who she was, her being everything. Once I started showing her that there's nothing she can do to separate herself from me, nothing she can do to make me feel ashamed of her, that I accept her, I don't think there's anything she wouldn't do for me, honestly. I mean, she shares with me so much. I mean, she, for the first time in, in, in our lives, she comes to me now and tells me before she talks to her mom about her boyfriend. You know, she has a boyfriend and she asked me, do you, you know, she's looking for that approval. What do you think of this guy? Or what do you think of this guy? And I think that's amazing. Another thing that I do with our children is I try to recognize the motivation behind their decisions they are making. And I try to get them to, to see the why behind they're making those decisions. And I give them options with that. I tell them, Hey, you know, if you do this, there's consequences and these are the consequences. What do you think is the best way to do that? And then I get them to think and I think that's helped out tremendously in my fathering with my children. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's worked well so far. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions to delve a little bit deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? Yeah. In one word, what is fatherhood? Fatherhood is being empathetic. Now, when was a time that you finally felt like you succeeded at being a father? to a daughter when she was able to open up and come to me and tell me about her boyfriend now if i was to get your your daughter and your sons to sit down with me how would they describe you as a dad 
I believe they would tell you that daddy is completely different from the daddy of two years ago, <laughs> for the better, of course. But I think they would say that daddy never quits, that daddy's the rock, that, that daddy's consistent. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? I believe that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, inspires me to be a better father. Now, you've given a bunch of pieces of advice today, things that I think people can soak in and be able to to really think about in their own stories and their own journeys. But uh, in finishing up today, what would you say is one piece of advice that you'd want to leave with, with everyone? The one piece of advice I would definitely want to leave is to talk to your daughter. Really, really talk to your daughter. They need at least 10 minutes a day to, to just unwind. And that 10 minutes means that it has to be interrupted, okay? It, you can't have no disruptions at all, Okay. In doing so, you're going to captivate that heart. You're going to you're going to catch that heart that your that your daughter has, and in doing so, you're going to build that bridge that's going to be everlasting into their adulthood, into the rest of their life. Okay, I recommend that you do this with open ended questions, you know, and that just helps really bring that self awareness. But yeah, just just really talk to your daughters. Take the time. Let them know that they are more than enough. I think that's the biggest thing right now is that what what I'm seeing is that people need to start understanding that acceptance starts at that home. Otherwise, they're going to be looking for acceptance in all the wrong places. Well, David, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your own story today. If people want to find out more about your foundation, about you, where should they go? I'm really big on Instagram. I have a, a pretty good following on there. So they can find me on the Show Up Dad on Instagram. Also, you can find me on on LinkedIn is going to be David Mendonca on LinkedIn. But if you can't find it there, then go to Linktree, the Show Up Dad Foundation. And that those are pretty much the three areas that I, I like to hang out on. I also have a, a Facebook group as well called the Show Up Dad Foundation. So it makes it real easy. Everything's one, one name, Show Up Dad Foundation. Okay. <laughs> so... Just click that in and I'm sure you'll be able to find it. It's it's pretty much everywhere right now. Well, David, I appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much. And I'll put some links in our notes today and I wish you all the best. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons, we make the meals, we buy them presents, bring your A-game.
Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be